Welcome to Talking Giants, boys and girls. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Panic and Justin the Combine has ended. We got some Yannick and Gakwe news to get to. But before we get all to that, Justin, how are you doing? How was your weekend? How's everything going, my man? Uh, Bobby Skinner, I first off have to compliment your beautiful, beautiful new and improved microphone. It sounds fantastic. I hope everyone appreciates that. Justin, before you compliment me, let's let's just hope it the audio works. Because last time I promised the listeners um, better audio, the microphone just didn't work. It just it just didn't work. It was like a peanut butter jelly sandwich and VCR. It didn't work. Oh, oh, that pisses me off. That pisses me right off. It's been a while since I utilized the soundboard. I know, and that pisses me while. right off. How are you doing, Justin? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing good. Uh, I accidentally fell at a Wawa this weekend, pumping air in my tires. Uh, another human being, another human man, witnessed me fall where the way that he was standing behind his vehicle, he can only see the top half of my body. So once I go flopping down to the ground, I can only imagine how funny of a sight that is. So I twisted my ankle. So, you know, you have to do one of those things that when you get up, you have to act like you're not in pain. But I was very much in pain. I thought I sprained my ankle, but I didn't. So even though my ankle did recover, my self-esteem did not. Uh, so that was my weekend, along with watching the NFL Combine. How are you, Bobby? Yeah, that's the worst part. It's the injury is always like nowhere near as bad as the hit to your ego. I'm doing good, Justin. Get ready. It was a very cold weekend in Florida. Now it's getting back to normal 70s. It's going to be 90s on Thursday. It's going to be a high 90 on Thursday. So that's nice. Had a good weekend with the boys. I'm down like freaking 18 pounds. I'm dominating this competition. You are. I haven't even started. The combine was over. I don't know. I just I've had a, a very relaxing weekend. Ready to get into a little little two week period where we can do what we want, and then it amps up, Justin, because free agency starts, and then we go into full blown pre draft stuff. Justin, though, the big news today: Yannick Ngakwe is being franchise tagged. Why the Jaguars? The photoshops did not work. They did not work, <laughs> Justin. There's been some speculations about. Trading for him. I mean, we're, we'll get into all of that. But when when that news comes across, I mean, what are your initial thoughts, Justin? Because mine were like, of course, of course that happened. And then he tweeted out like, I, I do not want to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I am done. My reaction to this is almost good because this basically cements in my brain that Ngakwe is not going to be a giant because there is no, 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 no way that the Giants should be in any position to be giving up draft picks to acquire him, even if that simply just does just require a you know a, a swapping of the picks or whatever. Some some people have thrown that scenario out there. I yeah, know. that's not happening. We're not get we we are not giving up anything for. I would have been cool with Ngakwe in free agency, even though he probably was my third edge guy out of the the list behind Clowney and Judon. It just every time I I say Judon now I think of Jerry Judy saying he. The Davis stuff that's stupid. Uh, every time. But anyways, I was like, okay, if we go and give him a bunch of money, I'm cool with that because of, we'll we'll get into it with the cap and stuff. But giving up cap, draft capital and paying that for a guy, absolutely right. not, Justin. Right. And people were even saying, oh, it's a shame that Leonard Williams, uh, we could have used that third round pick to possibly acquire Ngakwe. And I'm like, no. 
<laughs> no, even if the we trade sucks, that third the, round pick. <laughs> the trade sucks. You want to know why it sucks? Because we don't have a third round pick. Because we can't pick anyone in the third round. Not because we were going to trade for a franchise tag in Gawkway. No. That's yeah, a absolutely. win now team like the 49ers did that last year. Uh, even though they were horrible. But we are we are just not in a situation to be giving up capital for a free agent. No. No, it's a little it's a little lunacy and it's a little crazy. So I think this is a pretty, pretty good transition to talking about cap space. And frankly, I think it's a good opportunity because I do think that the Giants will have an opportunity to go after a guy like Jadavion Clowney because you're not going to be giving up any picks. And this is the most important part of this conversation. I was listening to a Giants huddle interview with Yahoo Sports insider Charles Robinson, who also does all those measurements like you told me pre-show, Bobby. He was my favorite follow this past week, Justin. Was it solely because of the measurements, or did he give some other pretty cool insight too? Because I enjoyed oh, hearing just, him on this interview. Just the measurements. Maybe I mean, I'm not saying he's not doesn't have a lot of good insight, but it was just the measurements. And I honestly, I feel bad for those kind of people because like they have a lot of people following them. But if that guy was good, like to post a picture of like his family, no one would care. They'd just be like, "We want combine measurements, and that's it, Charles." That's. I just feel bad for those people, even though they're they're very important to me. I mean, an interesting tidbit about how he actually gets those measurements. He's not in the room when it's actually happening, when the guys are getting measured and, you know, when when they're getting weighed on the scale and whatnot. He's not actually in the room. He actually has like an inside source that forwards him the information as it happens. Uh, and I was very, very surprised. He's, you know, because even John Schmelk uh, hinted at the notion that, oh, I can imagine the league may not be happy with you that you're in that you're in that room or that you're finding out this information. And he's like, no, number one, I'm not even in the room. And number two, the league has kind of embraced it because as soon as he puts out those measurement tweets, the hype around a player immediately is like, oh, oh, this guy's got good size. This guy's got good hands. This guy's got, you know, got good measurements in this in this aspect. So uh, the league thinks it's pretty cool, which is which is a pretty cool thing because uh, we like information immediately and we like a lot of it. So good for Charles Robinson. But two, 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 he said two, some Charles Robinson. But he said some other things during this interview, this Giants huddle interview, uh, where he says the NFLPA, the NFL Players Association, is projecting the cap to grow tremendously within the next two years because of the potential of there being a 17th game added to the schedule. And if that's the case, then the Giants cap situation this year almost does not even matter since so much money is going to be added anyway. Uh, And Bobby, I don't know if this is a hot take but in my opinion, this has to be one of the best times literally in league history to have a crap ton of cap space because of just how much is going to be added to the cap within the next few years. Now, this all, it doesn't seem to be official yet. This is simply just an opinion that is going around the league. But Bobby, in a way, it makes sense. If there will be 17 games on the schedule, we already know that the players are going to be getting more money. But Charles Robinson even went as far to say that in a couple of years from now, the salary cap can even reach up to $290 million, which is bananas. That's a lot, a lot of money. Uh, and as context, the 2020 salary cap is in the range of somewhere in between $197 million to $201 million this year. So, Bobby, with the salary cap reaching $290 million within like two to three years from now, if a 17th game is added, I I really don't think that's out of the question. So part of me, like a dark side of me, just wants to say, screw it. Give Leonard Williams $15 million. Give Clowney $20 million. I don't want to fully say those irrational things, but sheesh, it's pretty damn 
close to it. So that information coming out this weekend about just how drastically the cap is going to change within the next two to three years, if the 17th game is added on, has huge implications for this Giants free agency. And you can backload the contract a little bit. I don't think you can do it too much because I remember, if I remember correctly, uh, the last time the CBA was done, didn't the Cowboys and the Redskins get fined for taking advantage of this very exact same situation, Justin, because they backloaded contracts so much because they knew the cap was going up? I'm just saying that off rip. I don't even know that for sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. So they can backload, but not insanely where they're taking advantages. The NFL will find them, even though they shouldn't be able, like the rules are the rules. You shouldn't be able to find people for that. Uh, but like we said, I mean, we're not going to give our whole free agency plan. But Justin, there's no, I think besides Leonard Williams, there's no excuse to not give somebody a huge contract, whether that's Byron Jones, whether that's Clowney, whether that's who, whether that's whoever they think is like their number one target. They should go out and get no matter what. Yeah. So moral of the story. Get off the Ngakwe train unless he's somehow released, unless he's somehow an unrestricted free agent. And in my opinion, even if he's an unrestricted free agent, we should think tw- you you would think twice about giving him top notch dollar anyway. And I've outlined those reasons before on social media and on this podcast before anyway. Uh, a pro football focus actually came out with a with the metric today that said that Leonard Williams uh, pass rush win rate was higher than Yannick Ngakwe's. So go figure. Yay me. So who's who 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 do you like better, Clowney or Ngakwe? I mean, Cl- Clowney's just a much much better player. What about Golden or Ngakwe? Ngakwe is a much better player than Golden, but it's a matter okay. of all right, all right. I but just it, no, make but sure. it's a no, but it's a matter of if you know if Ngakwe and Golden enter the unrestricted free agency market at the same time, I'm much more hesitant to give Yannick Ngakwe twenty million dollars plus. I would much rather give Marcus Golden fifteen million and then just call it a day. Hmm. I actually differ. I'd rather give Ngakwe twenty than Golden fifteen. But anyways, Ngakwe is not going to be on the team. It's Correct. Just not happen so unless unless they just comp- so get over it, Giants fans. Get yeah, over and it. Le- and well, I don't. If if you love the guy, I don't. I don't. I don't think you could just say get over it. But, get over it. I mean, no, don't get over it. You have you haven't until the next franchise tag to get over it. For the now on, you can mourn in Gawkway. I have no problem with that. I'm not going to shame you like Justin did. Go uh, go buy a Lawrence Taylor signed jersey on eBay and send it to him in Jacksonville. And I'm sure he'll love you forever. Listen, I'm not an Ngakwe guy. But you can't... Don't slander people who liked him. He's a good player. I would have I liked Ngakwe on this team. I would have been excited about him, even though there are some things that annoy me about him. Mainly his social media presence. But I, like I said, I would have been excited about Ngakwe being a giant. But trading... Picks for uh, him? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, Justin. I blame that Car- that uh, that Carly Clout girl. I have her blocked because I don't want her stealing my content. Yeah, well, she was like one of the the main hype leaders of bringing Gawkway to New York simply because he likes Lawrence Taylor. So sucks to right suck. On. Right on, right on. So you don't want Lawrence Taylor on the Giants? Remember when Landon Collins was said, "I want to be the next Lawrence Taylor." And then when the option of bringing Bill Belichick as a coach, he's like, nah, we don't want to like work like that. It's like, do you want to be the next Lawrence Taylor or do you want to chill? That was actually my biggest red flag of Landon Collins was that quote. It's like, what do you mean you don't want a guy like that? Anyway, like a guy that just wins Super Bowls? Super Literally, Bowls? you survived like four years of Nick Saban. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's what it was. Is he didn't want to do that again. Um, he oh. didn't like that. All right, let's move on. 
just in the combine finish. And there's a lot of things coming out of it. Whether it's Isaiah Simmons, whether it's the the core four of the offensive tackle group, some other guys. But Justin, the QBs are always going to be the biggest thing coming out. And that's not really uh, a matter for the Giants. But it indirectly is because there's rumors of the Redskins possibly taking a QB at two, even though I don't really believe them yet. There's rumors of, you know, teams wanting to trade up. What is your like impression of what the QBs did and how it impacts the uh, the draft in a little over a month? Yeah, so I think this is one of the most fascinating storylines basically in the league right now. And it's fascinating, you know, if you're a Giants fan, simply because the Giants don't need a quarterback. So we can just sit back and we can watch how this whole process is going to be unfolding. Now, I might have hinted it more on the podcast. I should have been more heavy on this on social media in terms of predicting this. But Jordan Love having a great, great combine is not a surprise to me. But he was I think he was the biggest winner out of all the quarterbacks this weekend. A huge, huge winner for the in terms of the Giants. No major Tua storylines was also a major win in terms of, you know, he had his physical. He went through whatever medical tests that he needed to go through and everything was successful. And Justin Herbert not having a bad combine. All of these things is huge, huge good news for the Giants if they are still pretty much in the camp of trading back. In particular, Jordan Love being added into the mix of being officially, it's no longer just three court. It's no longer just Joe Burrow, Tua, you take a tier down, Justin Herbert's on his own tier, and then you have the rest. I really do feel now that Jordan Love and Justin Herbert, they're very, very, very close to each other. Uh, Some might even argue that Jordan Love is right now a better QB prospect than Justin Herbert. So Jordan Love being added to this mix is definitely a game changer. He's not being talked about enough in Giants land because you bet your ass he's being talked about in Indianapolis and in Oakland, and in Las Vegas. So on Twitter, I gave him the uh, Take a Chance on Me Award. Do you know that song, Bobby? By a Chance on Me. Of course I know oh, that beautiful. song. Beautiful. Beautiful. Your new microphone makes you sound great. Um, right, Frankly, in my opinion, you can argue he has better mechanics and arm talent than Herbert, but his decision-making was very poor in 2019. But he also lost a ton of starters at Utah State from 2018 to 2019. So in that same interview that I referred to a bit earlier with Charles Robinson, he said that he would not be surprised if if four quarterbacks were taken in the top seven picks. So even if Tua somehow comes off the board within the first three picks, you have to imagine that there will still be teams calling the Giants four major offers for either Herbert or Love. And especially if Washington does what everyone expects them to do and they take Chase Young and Matt Patricia and the Lions feel pressure to take a difference maker right now at three, cough, cough, Okuda, because they he impressed so much over the weekend too, then the Giants not trading down, if all three quarterbacks are on the board at number four, you know, if Burrow's taken one and then Tua, Herbert, and Love are all still available, then the Giants not trading down in that scenario should be considered malpractice. And that's my opinion. Yeah, and we'll get into it when we talk about the tackles and Simmons, but I'm I'm kind of all in on the trade down camp. And I, there's got to be someone that's going to take that bait. Now, Detroit Lions Twitter might be having the same exact uh, conversation. Talking Lions right now might be saying, we have to trade down with these QB teams. And then they have the better pick. So, you know, they obviously have, they have more leverage than us. But, man, we really got to be working. Gettleman's got to be working that phone to trade down. Herbert might even go before Tua. I really think he, I mean, he wow. had an impressive combine. 
Um, just because the question marks, like I get that he uh, two had a good combine, but I feel like the the injury stuff. And this is just guessing, which I guess most people are just guessing when they report stuff now. So let me just report it that some teams are just all out on Tua. I really do. One because of the size with the injuries, with playing with the you know like three first round wide receivers, first round tackle, like you know what I mean. Uh, so I think there might be some teams all uh, that are completely out on Tua. And I think I think teams I think there's going to be a team that just completely if they haven't already has fallen in love with Justin Herbert. Maybe that's Miami. That would be the best case scenario because then we're only moving down one pick. That which means we get whoever we wanted at four. Yeah, I hope we trade down. The only thing that worries me though is is when Gettleman said in that big uh, big blue live kickoff uh, shout out Sam Beal interview, he said you got to do it on draft day, which that didn't yep. make sense. Listen, he said no more throwaway lines. I hope that was a throwaway line. I hope because the Colts didn't wait till draft day with the Jets. It was like the first week of free agency. The Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, those weren't draft day. I hope that's not like his like concrete line in the sand mentality that we have to wait till draft day. Because when you're in the top five, you kind of have to get it done before draft day. Yeah, absolutely. And what? you know, how, how much is on the clock in between picks? Five minutes? Four minutes? Ten minutes in the first round, I believe. Oh, ten, oh the- 10 minutes? Oh, sheesh. Yeah, I mean, 10 minutes, and if you're going to leave it to draft night, I mean, not even saying that Dave Gutterman would leave. I, I That would be absolutely foolish if you left it to the 10 minutes in between the third and the fourth pick. But Well, I'm not saying that put- they, they're waiting till they're <laughs> on the clock. Like, draft day could mean, like, this is in place, like, draft morning. Right. But I'm saying I, I want it done beginning of April, end of March. Yeah, it's uh, It's tough. It's it's tough, tough, tough. He showed his hand. I talked about how he sh- how I thought he showed his hand. Uh, or you when- could be like the Bears and 49ers now that I'm thinking of it. Maybe I'm an idiot. Tough situation. We don't really have much to go off right now. And, and, I, and I, I don't want to turn into a beat reporter right now. But we don't have much to go on in terms of Gettleman's former history. So we don't know what his line of thinking is. And frankly, has Dave Gettleman earned this Giants fan base's trust when it comes to things outside of talent evaluation? No. <laughs> outside of talent evaluation uh, and outside of drafting players and finding good, sometimes good value in the draft, sometimes. Outside of that, he hasn't really earned our trust in that regard. So I think it's it's worth kind of talking about. It's worth being worried if you are worried about it. But, I mean, literally everything is lining up and everything is lining up. Uh, what's what, Everything is coming up roses. That's the saying. And especially Jordan Love having an awesome, awesome combine where some people may be much higher on him than they are on Justin Herbert because his mechanics and because the arm talent is there and they feel like they can work on those mental issues. Hopefully, (laughs) hopefully, hopefully, hopefully can only help the Giants and make that fourth pick even more valuable because you're adding another quarterback to the mix of being a top-tier guy. All right, Justin. Instead of talking about the pick, let's talk about some of the guys that could be the pick. Yes. And their combine performances. The, the star of the combine was Isaiah Simmons, who weighed in at six foot four, 238 pounds. He ran a 439, 40, a 39-inch vertical. I don't have his broad jump in front of me, but I believe it was like 123 inches, which is really good. He impressed Justin. And I've been on the office of tackle train, although not as like clear cut, like you can't draft Simmons because I think Simmons is great. The the combine was really good. And I'd be lying if I said, and I tried to not let the combine influence me that much, but I'd be lying if I said that the this combine from Simmons didn't sway me a little more towards Simmons to where 
matching him on this defense, he makes the de- he makes the defense better. Now, I don't expect the Giants' defense to be good in 2020, but he makes the defense better. And I just – it was really impressive. So, I, I mean, what were your thoughts on his combine? I, I mean, I know there's not much, like, takes to give besides it was really good. But dang it, Justin, it was really good. Yeah, he, I mean, he ran that 40, and then he basically said, I, I'm out. Um, <laughs> I was which looking. I wish we see- could have seen the twenty-yard shuttle. The twenty-yard shuttles, which I'll get into with the tackles, is, is actually one of my favorite drills. Yeah, it was him, Kenneth Murray, and I believe was it one hundred thirty-two inch brow jump. What about Queen? Was I? But there was three top interior linebackers. It was Isaiah Simmons, Kenneth Murray, and the third guy may be slipping my mind. Who? They weren't able to participate in on-field drills, which uh, I, I tried to keep my interest with looking at the linebackers after that point. Um, but I, ha- you know, I, I will admit that you know there was a there was part of my attention that was put on Twitter, and then part of my attention that was put on the screen. Did you find yeah, out? And who? Patrick Queen, you are talking about the LSU linebacker number eight, Patrick Queen? Yeah, there was three top interior line. Or there was three yeah, top okay. Linebackers. If you are talking about the three top guys, Patrick Queen is one of them who I like a lot. I mean, he had a great day too. He ran a four five in the forty. He had a 35-inch vertical and uh, uh, put up 18 bench press rests, which isn't great. Um, well, it's not even really good for an inside linebacker. So he 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 had a really uh, he had a really good combine too. It just got overshadowed about how great Simmons was. Yeah, uh, Simmons ran his for his 40-yard dash was uh, a tenth of a second faster than uh, <laughs> Saquon Barkley. Uh, what Saquon Barkley ran a 4.4, Simmons ran a 4.39. So it's kind of bananas, kind of bonkers when you think about that. Uh, you got to love when they do the the overlay on NFL Network, even though it's a little silly at times. You know, when they do the overlay and Isaiah Simmons is literally faster than Saquon Barkley. And or Ezekiel when Mekhi Beckton is as fast as Dwayne Haskins. We, we didn't talk about that. We had a little mini war with Redskins fans over the Haskins stuff again. I, I, tell, my, I tell myself I'm not going to mess with Redskins fans and Haskins. But it's just so freaking easy because it's like the, he's like the easiest player in the NFL to make fun of right now. <laughs> we got to get a soundbite of you making fun of Dwayne Haskins because we have one of you making fun of Baker Mayfield. Not making fun of Baker Mayfield, but we have one of you with Baker Mayfield. I'm going to whoop your ass, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so we need one of you saying something about Dwayne Haskins. I'll think of something for the next show. Great. Great. Oh, you um, know what? I just had an idea. The giant stories. Maybe I should add Dwayne Haskins into that. Remember, it's called um, the Days of Our Giants. Breaking news: We have officially found the name of our segment, and it is called the Days of Our Giants. We'll see. What do you mean? That's perfect. I don't know. It's my segment, and just because your name's better doesn't mean I want to use it. <laughs> Maybe I'll record an intro for your segment because the Days of Our Lives, the soap opera, has like a has an intro to how they start their shows. Um, so it's, and it's like, like the sands of time in an hourglass, this is the days of our lives. So I need to see if I can record something like that and really put on a radio voice for it. If so, you do that, I will name the segment days of our giants. No, you got it wrong. It's the, it's the it, yeah days of our giants. See, I almost forgot the name of it because that's how, that's how stupid I am. What were we talking about? Isaiah Simmons is good. <laughs> yes. Isaiah Simmons is good. I'm staying a little bit more resolute to my we need a left tackle, we need a tackle, we need a tackle goal. I will say this, Giants Nation and Giants fans right now, even if we trade back, Bobby, and we get a haul, and we really do get like a very good return on investment on trading back that fourth pick, right? If we somehow lose out on Isaiah Simmons, 
people will not be happy. Now, there is a point. There is a point that people have brought up on Twitter, which only shows maybe how backwards the 2018 decision was. But there is a point that people are bringing up on Twitter. Now, I, I understand these are people that are being very nitpicky and they're you know holding Gettleman to every single thing that he said, which I don't really enjoy doing. But it'll make everything that Gettleman has said about the gold jacket standard that you that you want to take your gold jacket guy. It'll make that it'll make him look a little bit backwards if he passes up on Simmons. But also now that I'm thinking about it, even if you trade back to eight, what makes you think that we also can't grab a gold jacket quality player if the scouts evaluate and if they grade them accordingly just because we miss out on this one player? So you want to know what? The more that I'm thinking about it, uh, shove it, people who say that. And man, you are just being nasty trust- to the listeners today. I am I am being nasty. I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling ready. I'm feeling uh, excited about this offseason, but my brain is also in a million different places. Uh but I I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling like I want to put put people in their place right now. I'm kind of well, feeling let, like that. Let's put some left tackles in their place. Let's talk about the nasty, the big nasties. The four tackles performed at the combine. And I won't go through their height. But 40 times, Andrew Thomas, 5-2-2. Mekhi Becton, 5-1, stole the show with his big self. Tristan Wirfs at a 4-8-5. And then uh, Jedrick Wills at a 5-0-5. I believe I wrote that down right. Bench press reps, Wills did not perform. Uh, Wirfs had 24 reps, Becton 23, and Thomas 21. Who's the big winner, Tristan Wirfs or Mekhi Becton out of the combine, Justin? You only Did you only give me Wirfs or Becton to pick from? I'm saying best combine, not best player. Becton didn't participate with on-field drills. I'm going Wills. Wills he did had a little best bit. Wills, he, really? Okay, I wasn't expecting that. He didn't participate in the bench press. You'll still be able to see guys do their bench press at the pro day. But, you know, on-field drills and the type of capacity that they're happening at the combine, uh, I feel like that's a, that's a unique thing. And Becton, what about Worfs with the 39-inch vertical, 485 and... Uh, Worfs, I I made the comparison because I'm a small-minded Giants fan, and there probably is a better comparison out there. But I made the comparison to Worfs. I made him to like a Justin Pugh because he's 6'4". Now, granted, I think he's 6'4 and 7'8". So if you really want to round up to 6'5", I guess I'm not asking who the best player is out of these four because Worfs isn't it. But, I mean, you don't think he had the best combine? uh, You think Wills had a better combine? if I, if I take out my bias because I think that Wirfs is more of a guard than a tackle, I'm with you on that when you set that point last week, Bobby. Yeah, all right. You know what? We're, we're going to go with that. Wirfs increased his stock the most. But I do think that Wills... People are saying Wirfs at four now. Wirfs at four? People are saying that because of his combine. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think he's a tackle. And you don't take a guard. You don't take a guard tackle guy at four. The rest just did with Sheriff, another Iowa guy. Raiders did with Robert Gallery, even though he's supposed to be a tackle. This guy's not um. What he, what what's his what's his name from the Colts? And he went to Notre Dame. Quentin Nelson. Yeah, he's this guy's no Nelson. He's not yeah, a mauler. He can be a guard. Mauler. I, I like I like Horace as a guard. I think he'd be a really. He's not gonna be Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson's the best guard in the NFL. Made the best offensive line in the NFL. So I'm not gonna say he's he's Nelson, but he's really good. Thomas's stock to the public drops. Right. I mean, I, yep. I've heard you say that, right, Justin. I mean, that's at least my my opinion, that because of the lack of a flashy 40 time, and you can point to Werfs having, like, whoa, 
a woe combine moment. You can point to Wills having a woe combine moment. Even he ran a good 40, and his 10-yard split was pretty good. But also his punch on those field drills were phenomenal. And then Becton, Becton running his 40-yard time. Obviously, he didn't participate. He didn't participate in any field drills. I, I'm, he did, I'm he did a little bit. No, he did a little bit, and then he, he, he dropped out after like a couple. All right, well... Uh, and Beckton, even if he didn't participate in any field drills, uh, him running that 40 yard uh, at that incredible, incredible time for his weight and his size. Thomas, now this is at least from the public perception, right? Thomas's stock seems to be falling. Now, I think that is actually a very, very good thing if you're the Giants and if you're possibly looking to trade back and get an extra first round pick possibly later in the first round because if Thomas is falling and he could still possibly be there later in the first round I think that is an awesome awesome situation to be in yeah the thing is is I don't think Thomas's stock is dropping behind closed doors and I and, and the bench press is important for tackles it's not it's not super important but the 40 really isn't as important at all um, and I know I'll catch flack for that but the 40 yard dash is not important for uh for tackles I get like a long pull but it's not important. You know what's important for tackles running-wise? The 20-yard shuttle. Why? Just because that's quick movement. That's agility. And guess who had the best one out of them? Now, Beckton didn't take place in this, but I'm confident that he wouldn't have had the best. Dredgic Wills, 484. Worfs, 468. Andrew Thomas, 466. And what have I talked about Andrew Thomas? The man is agile. I mean, he has agility. And that is what matters with offensive linemen. Running 40 yards in a straight line means nothing from offensive linemen and scouts and coaches will tell you that. Now don't get me wrong. Beckton running a 5140 is super cool. It was it was a highlight of the day. It was really fun to watch. But it doesn't matter. He's never gonna run even in that way. Even if it's a pull even if he's pulling on a screenplay 40 yards downfield. He's not gonna run like that. You don't run straight up and down after 10 yards and a straight line. That's not football. That's just not football for that position. It matters for wide receivers. The 40s, I, I look at with wide receivers. I think it does matter. With offensive linemen, it doesn't matter. So I get that Thomas is just not anybody in the public size guy. But to me, it's just he's the best. He shows the best film, and that's what matters. And the best film against the best talent. And the stats, I mean, the stat, like, what is it, like 35 pressures he gave up in three years yep. at Georgia? Less than a pressure a game in the SEC. Kalevon uh, uh, Chasen, the LSU edge player, dominated him i mean he dominated him he beat chasen beat him one time he dominated him this guy's gonna be like a top 15 pick so thomas is the guy for me i'm sorry i know people and i listen i like jedrick wills i'd be i would be happy if we trade back and get wills or beckton i i'm thrilled i really am right but if we're picking out of those three it's it's just thomas for me and i'm i'm telling you from pete like the articles that, that i read of people who i actually think that aren't clickbait um, one of them is Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. He's he's a small name, but he doesn't do clickbait. He says I talk with teams, and I get like Thomas is the number one guy to NFL teams, and I believe that. I mean, last year Jawan Taylor, the Florida tackle, who ended up with the Jags in the second round, everyone was his number one number one guy, and he's a hometown guy from my uh my where I'm uh, where I live, so I was rooting for him, and I was I mean I was I wanted to get him on the show and everything. I was rooting for him. And then when I went and watched Jonah Williams, the Alabama tackle, I was like, this guy's way better than Juwan Taylor. But the the experts like McShay and stuff had Juwan Taylor ranked above Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams gets drafted at 10. Juwan Taylor goes in the second round. So I, I just, 
I'm telling you, I believe that Thomas is the number one guy to NFL teams, and I get public perception and whatnot. But don't be mad if he, if we if we're picking a tackle and he's out of those three and he's the one because I'm telling you, I just I know I'm going to get flack for this, but I I just think he's the best guy. And I, Wills is close. Wills is closer than I originally had thought. I went and watched Wills stuff. It's Wills, and I, I'm repeating myself from the last show. But I went, I watched Wills' game against Michigan first, and he just didn't play very well. But I went and watched him against Auburn and LSU, and I, I was very impressed with Wills. But with the other thing is the people who like Wills, Justin, with the people freaking out on us for saying we can move Nate Solar the right tackle, saying it's not easy, like it's impossible, it's it's not easy to do. And I'm not saying it's easy, but it can be done if you work at it. Wills plays right tackle as well, so I don't I don't know. I'm I'm a Thomas guy. Is basically where I'm getting at. And I just went on like a 10-minute monologue. No, it's great. I think I've gone on two 10-minute monologues so far, so you were due for one. But I think, like I said, I, I'm still going to go with the overall opinion that Jedrick Wills won the night simply because Worf's potential, I think, is at guard. I'm not, I, again, you know, you had the argument of how NFL guys are saying that Thomas is the best tackle. I'm going to have the same argument for Worf's. And that Worfs is a guard, so I almost I almost evaluate him as a guard, not even as a tackle, not even as a realistic option for the Giants. There's also like even if you round up to, even if you round up Worfs's height to six five, six five still isn't huge for a tackle. Like you would much rather have a much more of a physical specimen like like Thomas's or even like Beckton is. So, but neither here nor there. Wills won the night. I think he is more much more of a polished tackle than Thomas is right now, but I think Thomas's ceiling is much higher in terms of his overall potential as an NFL player. Yeah, I, I think Thomas is more polished, honestly. I, I know people bring up like he crosses his feet sometimes, but that's that's more fixable. And I like Wills. He's he's wide in his stance and he bends very well. I'm telling you, I think Thomas is the guy and I believe NFL teams believe that too. Um I just have a hunch. Should I report that? Hmm. Maybe, maybe I will. Maybe I will report that because any, I mean, anybody can report anything. Did did I mention Justin? Remember, um, two weeks ago, and I got really mad at this when I joked that the Giants have their our eye on Andrew Thomas, and it was like clearly a joke. And people on and there's an Instagram page that reported yes. that I'm. Did I talk about that on the show? I don't know if you talked about it on the show because I it was, was a mad. moment that we that we didn't I was, that we wanted to forget. I was pissed off. I was really I I I made my Instagram private and and made everyone who I didn't know unfollow me. That's how mad I was. Um, I don't know. Anyways, Justin. So we talked about Isaiah Simmons. We talked about the tackles. Hopefully, we can trade back and get Simmons or one of these tackles. I would be thrilled. We can get one of these three tackles or Simmons and trade back. I I will jump for joy. And Patrick Queen, the LSU linebacker. I like him a lot too. So that's why if we missed out on Simmons and got a tackle and traded, say if we trade back with the Raiders and if we could get a tackle in Queen, whoo just, just in a guy in the second round who I would be freaking thrilled for and I'm falling in love with is Minnesota safety. Wait, can I Antoine. guess? Well, I t- didn't I tell you before show and I just said his school and first name. Who were you going to guess? I was going to guess Zach Bond if we were staying on the linebacker topic, but switch. Oh, I, I do, like this. I, Go ahead. I do like Zach Bond a lot. Uh, we'll we'll talk about him eventually. Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety from Michigan. Now he's he's five foot nine, uh, two hundred pounds, and people thought he wasn't going to run a great forty. He ran a four four five at a thirty six inch vertical. 
I watched this stuff, Justin, and I watched uh, I watched probably like six or seven safety this weekend, and Antoine Winfield was the best by far. Now I didn't watch Delpit from LSU, and then the um, the Alabama guy McKinney. So the two guys ahead of them, I haven't watched yet. So I'm not saying Winfield's the best guy in the draft because I just haven't watched those guys. But I watched guys below Winfield and guys that had good combines, and Winfield was the best by far. He's a playmaker. He he can actually play center. He he was the only one who played center field in college. And it seems like every safety in this class played in the box or played split safety, and it was so frustrating. I was every single one I'd pop on their 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 tape, and I'd be like, "Come on, dude, give me a freaking safety who they let have some range." Winfield did that. He made plays on the ball. I mean, we know it's in his genes. His father was a beast for the Vikings, Antoine Winfield. I really like this guy. If he's in the second round, and listen, Justin, I know Jabril Pepper. Jabril Peppers is a starter for the Giants. And Julian Love, I'm high on him. But I feel like a guy like Antoine Winfield would be possibly in like a best player available situation for us because I, I really believe in that guy. Um, and then maybe you move Julian Love to nickel or something. Um, but I'm telling you, I, I just... I was impressed by his combine, but when I went and watched this stuff, man, I was just pumped. And I, you know, I played college ball in Minnesota, so I, I have some people who cover Minnesota, and they're like, I don't know why people hate on this guy. He's like, he's like a honey badger, and that's that's who he plays. Like, I'm excited for this guy. Wherever he lands, I will be watching him next year. That's how much I like this guy. Yeah, uh, I feel like free safety has been a spot that hasn't been talked about enough on this football team as a position of need, as. I feel like we're saying about a lot of positions on this team because there are so many holes. But free safety has actually been an underrated one because I think a lot of fans are just simply sliding in Julian Love. But think about this notion that Julian Love can be a guy that can float from spot to spot, particularly what really gets me excited is the different combinations that can exist on third down uh, in terms of putting Jabril Peppers uh, uh, as a money backer. Where he's, you know, where he's covering, he's covering running backs, he's covering tight ends, and then you can have more of your formal strong safety, and then you can have more of a formal free safety behind Jabril Peppers. So, the possibility of adding a free safety absolutely is very exciting, and I was very, very shocked and very, very surprised at how much trouble you actually did have finding a guy that could actually play center field, and he actually, he actually can play middle it's of the so field instead of a guy that's in the box. I went and watched. I watched the guy from Notre Dame with the weird name. Um, I watched uh, Fuller from Ohio State. I watched some small school guys. Cause I'm like I'm like, surely they let this guy have some range. Nope. I mean, I just couldn't find anyone who had that range. And even those guys who played split safety, I wasn't impressed with. Um, now, like I said, I need to watch Del Pitt from LSU and um, I think McKinney from Alabama. But if after after three, it seems to be kind of a drop off. Although I don't know. We're just starting this, and I'm having fun doing it. That's what that's 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 the moral of the story, Justin. I'm having fun watching players. Besides some of these safeties, I took a little bit of a deep dive. Not not I mean deep deep as you can get for combine with how many names were popping onto the screen. There are three interior offensive linemen that I'm in love with right now. Particularly, they're all centers, but they kind of have also played guard during their collegiate careers as well, which is kind of enticing. But uh, I looked at Nick Harris. The center from Washington, he's a three- or four-year starter. Someone on Twitter told me he was a four-year starter. I think why people think he's a not, not a four-year starter, but he played in the in a bowl game versus Alabama. So that's why people were really people were really trying to correct me and saying that he was more than a three-year starter. But anyway, uh I loved 
loved, loved, loved his footwork over the combine. Uh, there was a during one of the shuttle drills when Harris was trailing his foot, you know, his foot was trailing in the on the turf and the turf beads were coming up basically in the opposite direction of where his foot was dragging as he was as he was shuffling and i thought it was ab- it was absolutely beautiful to see his footwork was beautiful his heels weren't his, his heels weren't clicking and clacking so uh nick harris is a guy center from washington very 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 experienced guy he's probably already a top 5 interior offensive lineman anyway but he's a guy that piqued my interest uh matt hennessy if there's one guy that i'm most sure of that he's going to be a giant because of the fact that he flashed at the senior bowl and the giants love taking i have a feeling like dave gentleman is kind of a guy that really likes taking small school offensive linemen so you know we took will hernandez was from a small school we even took a center a couple years ago and i think it's i forget i kind of forget his name but we took a center who got cut uh during training camp uh, who was pro football focus, I think pro football focus a couple years ago, he was their highest graded center in college, but again, small school. So Matt Hennessy from the university of temple, he went to Don Bosco prep in New Jersey. Uh, he had a very just, impressive just the name, just the name, Matt Hennessy. I mean, put that on. No, it's a great name flows, flows well off the tongue, but uh, as a guy who impressed at the senior bowl. And again, I, a quickness, good footwork that he showed at the combine, a guy that impressed me. I am most sure that he's going to be a giant because he's a local boy. Uh, Pro Football Focus graded him high, and for some reason, Dave Guttelman really likes the small school guys where Pro Football Focus grades him high. Even O'Shane Eximenez. O'Shane Eximenez was the uh, highest edge rusher that Pro Football Focus graded last year. Came from a small Say school. Giants took him again. One more time. Pro Football Focus grade. Are you going to... Bow, bow, bow! All right, sorry. <laughs> hey, but I'm, hey, I'm just simply looking at correlation. Simply looking at correlation and what Dave Guttelman has done. But yes, Matt Hennessy, Temple, Don Bosco, uh, Prep, Alumni, shout out, and Center. And then and then this is actually a name that some people on Twitter told me to keep an eye out for. Keith Ismail. Ismail, Ishmael, out of Ishmael. San Diego State. Ishmael. So out of San Diego State, he's probably going to be more of a day, a day three guy, but he has caught a lot of people's attention. He even caught my attention too. So there you go. Justin, Those are my. I, mean, in, I looked into the interior linemen, and that's it. Justin, that's all tweet, tweet these names out, and I'm going to bookmark it because I want to go watch these guys now. Thank you for that. All right, Justin, I think we've kind of done enough combine wrap up. Before we finish the episode, I think uh, we have one voicemail, correct, Amundo? Yes, we do. Uh, from our friend Topher Pete. And I have to say, just a heads up though, it's it's a long one, but I have to say that this is one of the most heartfelt and like emotion yet logic filled voicemails that we have ever gotten because it perfectly matches where my brain is at with this football team and just evaluating where we're at right now. So Topher Pete, take it away. Hey guys, it's your boy Topher Pete. I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible, but I'm just a little, I'm a little torn. I'm, uh, you know, I'm a diehard fan, and I'm, and I'm just, there's a lot going on. We got free agency coming around the corner. We got the draft. We got picks, and we got needs. And I just don't know what my heart. I don't, I don't know what I want. And I need you guys to help me here. So I'm going to throw a couple things at you. You guys can sort through it and do the best you can with it. I know we need a, I know we need pass rush. I know we need a corner. I know I would love to have a linebacker, a solid linebacker to play next to Connolly, assuming Connolly is going to be healthy. And uh, offensive line needs 
I'm going to run some things at you here. I feel like no matter what happens, in my heart, I think we should take Simmons at four, and I want to know how you feel about that. So my first question is, if everybody takes quarterbacks or three, and we are sitting there at four, and Chase Young and Simmons is there, who do you want? Who do you take? What do you feel would be the best pick if those two guys were sitting there? That's my first question. And then I'm sitting here looking at free agency, and I'm like, if we could just get a definite guy that could help our pass rush. I'm not totally 100% in love with him, but I think it would be a, I think it would be a smart pick. I like, I like Clowney. And I feel like, I feel like Clowney could give us some, the pass rush we need. So how do you feel about drafting Simmons and getting Clowney? Or should we draft Simmons, maybe go for Conklin for the offensive line, and maybe Byron Jones, cornerback? I mean, I'm just so torn with this because if we have Simmons and Connolly playing the way that I feel like they could play, if Connolly was healthy and we had Simmons, and we picked up Clowney, maybe we don't need to go get like a Byron Jones. Maybe the guys we have can blossom in and be the players that we need them to be, and they wouldn't have as much pressure on them because you're getting that pass rush. You're getting that you're getting that help you need. But at the end of the day, Daniel Jones still needs time, and if Barkley could get some more some more holes created and the offensive line was better, we could, we could be huge on offense. So I know this was all jambled up and it's all messed up, but they're the guys. The guys I mentioned are the guys that have been on my mind these last couple of days. Who would you take if it came down to Chase Young and Simmons at four and you stayed? And what free agents out of Clowney, Conklin, and Byron Jones do you think we can get? And who do you think we'll get? And then he actually got cut off from there because, fun fact about leaving a voicemail on for Talking Giants, you can only leave a voicemail for three minutes and one second. That's the, that's the longest that you can go. So Topher Pete's final question is, uh, what pick that the Giants would make that would make you most infuriated? That was his final question. So we have okay. a few things to talk about here. I think we should do kind of rapid fire with these. So he said, who would you take at four? Justin, if we're staying at four, who do you take? Oh, sugar and spice. It's tough. Well, no, the first the first question, right? The first question is, would you take Chase Young? If Chase Young oh, is at four. Oh, right, right, right. Would you take Chase Young at four? Yeah, if if it comes down to Younger Simmons, right? I, if Chase Young's there, I don't think you even trade down. I, I no, take yeah, if, if if Chase Young is there, you even if Isaiah Simmons is still there, which that would be bonkers. You know, Ch- that means that that means that quarterbacks are going one, two, and three. Right, it, and that would be bonkers. Um, you take Chase Young and you run to the hills and you celebrate. Yeah, he's the one player. Like I said, trade like we need to trade down. If Chase Young's there, then I don't believe you need to trade down. I think Chase Young. Chase Young. Even if you guy. sign, even if you sign a top pass rusher, and this even includes, even if you bring back Marcus Golden, and that's your best edge rusher free agent move, you take Chase Young. Even if you sign Judon, you take Chase Young. Even if you sign Clowney and Chase Young or Isaiah Simmons is on the board, you take Chase Young. Yeah, I, I'm big on that. The next one was biggest free agent target: Byron Jones, Jack Conklin, Jadavion Clowney. Justin, I've been on the Byron Jones uh, train, and I do believe that would be my number one target. Although Jadavion Clowney, man, he's tempting. I, I I do like Clowney more than some. 
I think he's a beast. Um, I think the he misses games is a little more. It's 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 not as bad as people make it out to be. And I think he's missed like I don't know six games over the last four years or something like that. Uh, it was just kind of the start of his career. Uh, so Clowney could be that guy, but I Conklin's definitely not it for me. Uh, so no. I, I'll, I'll stick to what I've been saying, and I'll I'll say Byron Jones. Yeah, Clowney is so, so enticing to me right now, and especially reading about how the cap is just going to grow. Where Legitimately, right? If you give Jadavion Clowney the most money an edge rusher has ever received in the National Football League, so that's somewhat a north of $22 million, and the cap expands by $90 million within the next three years, Bobby. Bobby, we're not even talking within the next five to ten years, right? And the cap has been expanding $10 million, $10 million every year anyway, even with this 16, 17-week schedule, 16-game you know, schedule, 17-week schedule. The cap has been expanding by $10 million anyway every single year. So Clowney Clowney is so, so enticing. And right now, you know, because you said Byron Jones, I'm I'm good with, hey, let's, let's freaking go after both. But I'm good with, uh, because you said Jones, I'm going to go with Clowney because he's very, very enticing to me right now. Okay, so the last uh, question. What was the last? Oh, what pick would make us mad? Uh, Justin, this one would be an easy for me. Derek Brown, defensive tackle Auburn because of the position. Justin, I'm not going to watch Derek Brown. I'm not going to watch a single rep of Derek Brown. I'm not going <laughs> to look at YouTube. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. Let me check out and see what this guy really is. I'm going to be so freaking ignorant when it comes to Derek Brown. I'm not looking at him. I actually already did look at Derek Brown. Actually, fun fact. This is this is unbelievable. How dare you? I looked at him first because I'm like, okay, there's literally no way that the Giants are going to be <laughs> drafting Derek Brown. So I just looked at him first to get him out of the way. Let's see. I'm looking. I'm looking here. And well, first of all, I think this kind of goes without saying. Taking a quarterback is a no. Right, but a that's cor- not what quarter- that's not what Topher P is asking. No, or, uh, or no, I, I, I actually I didn't mean to say quarterback. I'm sorry. Taking a wide receiver is a no. I'd rather have Jerry Judy than Derek Brown. Yeah, yeah, I, I would honestly agree. I mean, especially if you go after, especially if you re-sign Leonard Williams and you draft Derek Brown. <laughs> Even if you don't re-sign Leonard Williams, <laughs> you still have four. Four guys that would take up two two positions. <laughs> he had the worst combine, I think, right? Derek Brown. Oh, have, like, he, the worst. yeah, in the most in the most important drill, which is the what is it, the the three cone or so, something like that. In the most important drill that you can have for defensive linemen, he was literally last, last who, out of all defensive linemen. <laughs> he was like Dave Gelman, Don't draft me. I do not want to go after by the Giants. I don't want to be the fourth. <sighs> The fourth defensive tackle on the roster. That's that's what it was. Yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of who else here. Ch- Chasen or Chasen has to be almost the second ranked edge rusher or Grossmatos, but there's no way that those guys would even be considered as top five picks. You would definitely have to be almost forced to take a tackle oh my before gosh. you would take those guys, right? So I, I so definitely wide receiver. If we take C.D. Lamb, if we take Jerry Judy. Quarterback is out of the question. Um, in a way, Bobby, if we take Becton when Andrew Thomas and Jedrick Wills are both on the board, I'm very upset. 
Um, I don't think so. I listen. I I think if you you if you, listen, I don't pretend to know more than the scouts. If they think Bankton's the best tackle, then I get that. I know that goes against my rant, but I also am self aware that I'm not I'm not a scout. You know what I'm saying? So and and obviously and Justin, I also said if there's things about these guys that we don't know about, like I said, they're close enough to where if there's character issues with one of these guys, then you don't do it. So you know there might be character issues with Andrew Thomas. You know what I'm saying? No, you're right. Justin, I'm going to do you're something right. special for our New York listeners to finish this show. Now, there's just a timeout called. There's 7.6 seconds left uh, in regulation of Knicks Rockets. The Knicks are up by three. Uh, RJ Barrett just had a nice bucket, even though he airballed three the possession before. I just pulled it up because my phone alerts me when it's, it's last second. So as a Nets fan, I'm going to call play-by-play and get – well, do you think anyone will unsubscribe? Uh, if they end up losing this, and I laugh, is this illegal? I think no, this I'm is gonna, illegal. I'm going to do play by play. I'm not going to be playing the. Well, actually, I will play the volume, and we'll make it illegal. How about that? You know, formations and personnel. What... We did that on Swimman Radio one time. We just started playing like we. I'd have like Sports Center on, and I just unmute it, and I would just like play Scott Van Pelt and stuff, and we talk about it. No holds bad. He was. He took me in the low post and won, but. I think we had on the Vasity. Please don't call. The Knicks have a timeout, so I I really hope they don't call a timeout on the inbound. I mean, the Rockets have an extra timeout because you know how these NBA games, they finish so late. Um, and we're making good time. We're under an hour. We should be under an hour by the time this is done. As soon as this is over, I'll end the pod. You ready? I was very high. I've never played that before. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right, here we go. Covington inbounds. Wessel Westbrook lost the ball. Foul. Kickball. Foul called on Frank. What? Okay, this isn't going to work. He's going to shoot two free throws and they're going to foul. It's going to take too long. He probably won so, Knicks. Even though I so supposedly the, Spike Lee wasn't uh, granted access. The Knicks are in shambles. I feel bad for those guys. So did the New York Knickerbockers, did they lose? Uh, it's seeming like they're going to win. Oh, against Westbrook, the Rockets. Yep. And the Rockets have been pretty high. They've been doing the small ball stuff with no center. They've been running Robert Covington at center. Uh, even though it's not going to work in the playoffs, at least like not against the Lakers and the Clippers. Which, But they weren't going to beat the Lakers and the Clippers anyway, so I don't I don't really hate it. Knicks really don't want a number one pick, huh? They, it's, they're, they're avoiding it like the plague, huh? Uh, I mean, they're probably not going to have a worse record than uh, the Warriors anyways, and it's the lottery. All right, let's end this show because we're going to take the Warriors. Okay. Yeah, the Warriors. You don't know the Warriors have the worst record in the NBA. Did you know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, Curry got hurt. Clay Thompson was out all year. They lost Durant. Um, it's been the Draymond show, and it hasn't been pretty. Oh, so, and that must be really fun. They're like the Colts, even though it ended up not working out because Andrew Luck. But it's like all those years, Peyton Manning had the Colts really good, and then he gets hurt one year, and it's literally the year of the best quarterback prospect ever and Andrew Luck and they get Andrew Luck. So wait, so those fools are gonna get a number one pick and they're all gonna come back Possibly. next year and they're gonna be great. I mean it's oh, a lottery. It's a lottery. So they might get like James Wiseman, the the uh the center <laughs> who went to Memphis and then left because of recruiting stuff. All right, let's end the show. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Friday. It's gonna be a different type of show unless there's some kind of huge news. But if it's not, we'll surprise you. Until then, let's go big blue.